everyone, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and visit the phantoms that we love. Today, we're traveling back to a universe that I'm new to. We're going to the Last of Us universe today, and I not only have one special guest with me today, but I have two, the first of which being the man who's always here, Micah Hat. Micah, how are you? Well, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I sat down to watch this episode, and I had some... Some like some nice pizza going, some uh, stringy, uh, looking back now gross looking pizza. Uh, I was watching the episode. And I was saying, this pizza kind of looks like these disgusting zombie dudes, uh, and I lost my appetite halfway through the pizza. Oh, <laughs> this you, was not the episode to eat pizza to. <laughs> did you throw it out? No, I still ate it. Good, good. <laughs> and also, we have first time guest Brandon Stoneberg. Brandon, how are you? Dude, I am. I'm good. I'm excited for this. Unlike Micah, I ate Chipotle while I was watching the uh, the episode, and I, I also, Go ahead. I, I also felt uh, that was not the best food. The cheese and the sour Definitely. cream was not good to not eat good mixture. while yeah. I was watching some of the episodes or some of the uh, the parts of the episodes. So I also had to push through. Oh, I feel your pain. Sure, I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was good, but Ooh. it was not good at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> not, the, not the episode, the Chipotle. This okay, episode okay, makes yeah, good yeah, food yeah. taste bad. Yes, this just which in. makes it a good episode, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, with all that being said, all that food discussion going, what if you're listening? Go grab yourself a snack, sit down, and enjoy. Now's the time to eat. Now's the time to yeah, eat. Yeah, you don't have to. You, you can you can eat and not have to watch that. At the same time, you can hear what we have to think, and yes. then yes, you can yeah. enjoy your food. So let's get ready. Let's grab our sling rings, hop in that TARDIS, and hit that hyperdrive. So we're going to the Last of Us universe. If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? You haven't seen the world, so you don't know. Keep going for family. I'm not family. No. Cargo. The Last of Us. Yes. <laughs> you know that show <laughs> we're, we're watching? Yeah, oh, we're going to talk about it. It's pretty great. The Last of Us, episode two, titled Infected. And wow, this was quite the episode, but I want to highlight our guest. I want to get Brandon's take on not only this episode, but episode two. Just very quickly, what are your overall thoughts? What's your experience as a, a fan? And what is your relationship with The Last of Us? So I bought the last of us video game the day it came out because they had a lot of really good marketing for it. And I saw it. I'm like, I had, this game looks very interesting. I was, I was big into the very first like video game similar to this. I played and they had the walking dead video game where it was the telltales. Yeah. You had to like your decisions that you made affected the rest of the game. And that this gave me like, it was like, yeah, it's, it's zombie ass kind of thing. And, and, in they call in last of us they call them the infected it's just infected mm. and um there's different stages and whatnot but i i played the game through twice and then i bought the remastered version and played that through and then i've seen people play walkthroughs on youtube because i just love the whole concept yeah and 
uh, Ethan, you had mentioned something in the previous episode of this, which was in The Walking Dead, the zombies are, they're kind of scary the first like two seasons and then it kind of fades away. And like the people are the real villains, right? And although we'll get to some evil people in The Last of Us, the entire time the infected are really what's dangerous. Yeah. And I think you really see that in this episode with, oh, yes, with, you do. Uh, yeah. with, you know, a lot of the infected we encounter, cause you see several different stages in this episode and you really see that even though Joel has guns and, you know, Tess and him have been fighting infected for a while. It's still not a walk in the park to survive. And even one or two, you know, clickers is enough yes, for them I to, particularly the way that Pedro Pascal plays Joel and the fear he has Mm. in just scenes where you're like, man, this guy's 20 years into this. You'd think he'd have a better grasp on it. Mm -hmm. But with that aside, I want to talk to you guys about just this episode, but kind of talk to the listeners right now, kind of set the ground rules for this podcast as a whole. So the way this works is Micah, as you said, he's played The Last of Us 1, The Last of Us 2, and the Left Behind prequel game. Yeah. Brandon, you just got his story. But for me, I've never played the games. I've only watched the show. So the way that we're going to do this podcast is we're going to do our best. Obviously, I can do better than these guys. But we're going to talk about what we've seen in the show. And then we can compare it to the game. But we're going to do our best to avoid future spoilers for the game and the show as a whole, because there are narrative choices that they change from the game into the show. Yes. But anyway, so episode two, Infected, the viewership numbers are, they had 5.7 million viewers for the episode last night. That is a 22% increase from last week's episode, which is the biggest increase between weeks in HBO history. So I just want to get your guys up. Does, does that make more than uh, was a House of the Dragon that had more before? Yeah, this is this is the new record. So now holder. it's the new record. Yes. Wow. So wow. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that and it's deserved. Just ask you why. Why do you think the world is so drawn to this show? The hype, man. They are uh, everyone's hyping this show up. You saw? Did you guys see all the news articles this week talking mm-hmm. about exactly what we talked about last week? Video game shows and movies are not bad anymore. That is awesome. And this show kind of solidifies that. It's like proudly saying, all right, I'm a video game show and I'm not bad. <laughs> and that's what I, I love that. It, and this episode shows that even more. I love how how smoothly the gameplay transition or uh, uh, translates into a TV show. That uh, encounter in the Independence Hall is the first uh, clicker encounter in the game. And it is right. Is that the first time you? Because yeah, that's the first a, time you have the stealth. That's when they they teach you how to throw bottles and stuff. Oh, or not, not not throw bottles, but how to avoid the Well, that's the the cool thing about the this game too is, or the, the the game and the show is, this is every other video game you play. You can just eventually you get powerful enough. You can just murk all of the zombies, right? Well, you the can't last one is not like that. You mm. can't. You the entire game you play having to avoid them because they're so powerful. You don't level up or anything in the Last right. of Us. You make you might get different weapons, but that doesn't change anything because if you lose your stealth, if you lose, if you if someone sneaks up behind you, you're gone. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
And I, I, I'm sure you probably died as many times as I did in that oh, first room. The, what, uh, 20, when, 30 times just when, trying to get on those clickers? Uh, when the clickers kill you, too, if you haven't played the video game, like, there's just a cutscene of them just killing you. Like, they just rip your throat out and you're dead. Like, oh, yeah. every single time. And the amount of times I've ever seen that is... I can't count it. And then what, speaking of the clickers, they, they did a great job they look so in making good. them look, I would say even more terrifying in the show than the, even the video game yeah. did. And the sounds they made were like pulled. Those sounds are were pulled straight from the game. It sounds like it was they're doing perfect. a great job taking as much of the source material and just making it a show. I love that. Um, the clickers look different. So in the game, they have more of these kind of, uh, plate things going on like plate and they fungus. don't always look the same yeah either. they look different and and the show you can see there's a bit of a difference between you can see some transitioning zombies mm-hmm. there's the one or not zombies but infected so there's that one at the end of the episode that goes up to test that was like half clicker half yes still runner or whatever i think that's so cool we get to see these variations of zombies yeah the the everything looks beautiful like obviously everything looks ugly desolate but beautiful ugly yeah <laughs> But like for a show and just the visuals you get, the CGI of Boston too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wow, that looks almost real. I, I, I was looking for any sort of to see fragmentation. Where, yeah, unlike uh, X Men uh, Origins Wolverine yes. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to be reviewing later on. This is the pinnacle of CGI right now of putting people into a scene that's all green screen or all, I don't know if they did green screen or the, I'm pretty sure they recorded on set. Cause I remember seeing leaked footage of a people recording of from their practical. apartments. Yeah. Yeah. That's super sick. How they were able to do that. Oh yeah. Well, I think they knocked that, over a building just for that shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that scene of Tess, Ellie and Joel walking down the street towards the Capitol building is taken straight out of the game. Iconic. It's a, it's a, I think that is a cut scene that they took straight out of the game and put that into, on, into, onto live action and it could not have looked any better. That's where they put it the logo in the game, right? Yes. That's where the logo comes from, from the game is them. Yeah. Uh, that's the shot of them walking, mm. which is, you know, to have it see, to see it, not just in a cut scene, but to see it with the actors doing it was so cool. Yeah. So uh, this is kind of where I want to bring forth just something that Disney has been doing lately is they have been taking old animated films and they've been doing live action renditions of it. So I want to just ask you to, I kind of asked Michael last week a little bit, but what does this show, this is more directed towards you, Brandon, but what does this show have to do to justify being a separate medium from the game? So I think a lot of the source material it has to pull from is good. And it's the writing in the show, uh, the the game is incredible. And so far in the show, they've used a lot of the same as phraseology, like the the whole part where Tess, we'll get into this, I'm sure later, but the whole part where Tess shows that she's been bit and the dialogue that she and Joel have is directly pulled out of the game. Oh yeah, ripped. And which I think is good, but there's also some things that they changed where they're making it where even someone who has played the game multiple times like me can get something new and they make it even better. So an example I have of that is in the end of the episode where Mike is, you were talking about the, the one infected person coming up to test in the game, Tess is fighting actual people and she dies keeping, letting Joel and Mm -hmm. Ellie escape the Mm -hmm. same way she does in the show. But in the game, it's fighting people and those grenades kill people versus in the, show they make it where the you know the infected come yeah. and she saves them which again is something that 
I didn't expect. So it's cool to see them use very similar scenarios and let them play out without changing the story arc, you know, a whole lot. Yeah, I like how they add this element of. I think they mentioned in the games where they're all connected somewhat, like a hive mind. Hive mind, but yeah. they don't show it in the game. As much. Not nearly as well. much. No, no, no. Cordyceps. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cordyceps. So the Cordyceps. That's the fungi, right? Yeah. So the Cordyceps fungi. It um, it's all connected. The strands go. Uh, they said some even a mile long to connect this whole city of Boston. All the clickers, all the runners, everything's connected. And we see that in this episode when Joel shoots uh, one of the infected on the ground, and then we see the little the little cordyceps yeah, yeah, go into his fingers yeah. mm-hmm. and into the little cuts and pores in his hand, and then oh, he, then everyone wakes up and runs. That is terrifying. I love that, and that would be so cool if the game had it, but it wouldn't work with the gameplay. So this is why this show is is necessary because you can't see that side of the infected in the game. That was only in a cutscene, I think. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, very they much go of to, it either. Um, it was very small. When they go to, what, what's his name? Um, out in the, the snow place, there is a horde there. Yes, there. And, and I don't remember the guy's name, but it's... Uh, that has its whole other section of difficulties they encounter yeah. there too. But that's the only time you really see it is when mm-hmm. it calls more of the infected because in the game, I mean, if you, the reason Tess had to pour out the gasoline and all the grenades is because they're not going to be able to kill that many of the infected. They're just no. not. So and they, for gameplay, you can't even have that. So for them to bring that part into the show and just really give just the, the terror that that would bring knowing that they can't just escape. You see like in the first episode where Joel is carrying Sarah out of that, you know, out of like the diner they're running through and just how easily that the, the fungus is able to just take a person and almost make them have super abilities. Well, how are you going to be able to escape? Yeah. They couldn't escape one without Tommy shooting it. So how are they going to escape when the, well, I don't know what the name was of the fungus. When it calls hundreds of other ones, that should be terrifying. Yeah, it there's is. There's no way you can escape that. And I think it was a great decision to change it from the uh, people shooting at them to all of those infected. Mm-hmm. Because what's scarier? Someone or what what has higher tension? Someone pointing a gun at someone, a test with a lighter that isn't lighting over gasoline, or a runner slowly creeping up towards Tess. Yeah. Not hostile, but slowly giving her that like kiss of death almost mm-hmm. with the fungus. Legit kiss of death. That was yeah. a great, that's a great way of putting it. That yeah. was so intense. I was like, is she going to, is she going to turn before she lights this thing? Cause I know in the game she lights it and yeah. it explodes, mm-hmm. but she doesn't, Oh, it, it was so much better in the, in the show. <laughs> and I think this is the first, one of the first instances of where the show is better than the game, hmm. which is crazy to me because The Last of Us is so good. And now they're adding these little things here and there to improve upon the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the Micah, you mentioned this last week, but The Last of Us, HBO is doing an official The Last of Us podcast with Troy Baker, Neil Druckmann, and Craig Mazin, who've worked on the show. And might have to listen to that. Yeah. They've, but they are sitting there and they, they were involved with the game, Neil Druckmann and, uh, Troy Baker were involved with the game and they're talking about the show and the love and passion they have for it. And the, the awe that they demonstrate is just so cool to see because 
it really is just they're telling a story for a new set of audience because the way that they approach the show is they're like, we're, we do want to service the Last of Us fans, but we also want to introduce a whole new group of people to this world. That's the thing, too. This is the same thing about Last of Us Part Two, the game, and people did not like that story in that game. So... So that's me. I'll that, speak to that. I'm, I'm, that's, that was that what you just said. I know you played both. I did not play the second game because I know what took place, and I just decided that I wasn't gonna. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. gonna. Just There's parts end game that, that are like it, it. It can rub everybody, yeah. every single view, in the wrong way, and it, it's. I don't know if they meant to do that, but that's just what it is. So this is like a side note, but I know that you say that about the second game. I love the game though. Yeah, but the the vast fandom didn't like the game. They like the they, gameplay, not the story. They interpret it different. Yeah, but I learned today that they were actually working on this series as they were developing mm. the second game. Yep. So I wonder if that kind of affected the way that the game turned out. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think it could have, but they were also working on the Last of Us Part 1 remake at the time, too, for the PS5, uh, not the remastered for the ps4 <laughs> or the pc port that is, they, they put out a bunch of last of us in the past mm-hmm. couple of years but they've been working on all of this last of us at the same time so neil Druckmann, head of all of this has had the entire story on his mind this entire time mm-hmm. so i think that helps him to kind of draw this story together tie, tie some strings or whatever pull everything tight so that we can have this neat story. And we're getting a little bit of the left behind stuff in this episode. We're getting some uh, hints into uh, Ellie's backstory, into her feelings and thoughts. And if you know Ellie, you'll know what she's talking about in some of these sentences, how she's trying to bob and weave between questions. Because if you're just watching the show, you might not think of anything of it. Like, oh, you know, I'm an orphan or whatever and uh, all these different things. But in the left behind it's revealed. There's a lot of different things that are revealed. I'm not going to say that, but uh, yeah, it, I, it, it's super cool. The, the nuance in this dialogue. And you can tell there's there's times where, where Ellie doesn't tell things yeah. to Joel and to Tess that you, we know from playing the, the DLC content, you played the DLC. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I, I know what she was, you know, there, I wrote it down, but we're not going to talk about it, but it's, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's the, the, the story that she tells Tess is not the truth. I guess oh, I'm, no, I'll, I, I, that's all I'll say. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. The, <laughs> the story she tells Tess of how she got bit is not factual. She but did go to the mall though. She, she went to the mall, yeah. but that was kind of the only thing about the whole encounter that was. She's got a really interesting backstory and I hope that they touch on it later yes. in the show. I, well, I can't wait to hear what Ethan's thoughts are on that later. And I, yeah, I want to, I want, there's a couple of things I want to go over too that are some major, I think plot differences okay. between the game and the show that I think will play out. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because they're, I don't know how to put it without spoiling it. Like, <laughs> Do you want me to just go into a couple of them? Is that okay? Yeah. So here, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll just. Yeah. yeah so it's, if uh, you're listening and you are sensitive to new material. Be, be general about it. Yeah. 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 So, so I'll go through a couple of them. I wrote them down because a are lot these, of these. Are these expectations or no, things no, no, you no. already so these, are, these are things that have happened already in the show that are different slightly that I think are important to note. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the first one I saw. So. In the game, or in the in the show, in the very first episode, Tess is being you know interrogated by the gang, right? And 
she they eventually are going to let her go because they're afraid of Joel. They don't tell you why in the show, why they're afraid of Joel, but in the game, you know, in the show, the, all the gang is killed when the rocket or bomb hits that wall and only Tess survives. In the game, Tess is let go and she goes to Joel and Joel and Tess go back and Joel kills the entire mm. gang. They interrogate the leader at the very end and then he sh- and then Joel kills him just because mm. because he they, of what he did to Tess. So yep. You you had asked Micah is Joel unhinged yeah. and I don't think Joel is unhinged but that is a a major part that they may have left out to show you that he isn't unhinged but for a female in his life that he cares about he will do whatever it takes yes. to protect them yeah. which is something that Micah had touched on before too just like a Mandalorian um, <laughs> yeah well that's I, one thing too like every time Pedro Pascal says a one sentence line all I can think about is the Mandalorian you, you hear Din Djarin. yeah that's yeah. all I hear I I keep thinking it's the the Mandalorian like hood the helmet voice and I'm like no that's all a clearer it's not <laughs> yes. When I listen to clips back, I'm like, oh. it's all. It sounds amazing. Yeah. This show is going to be running along right alongside Mandalorian season three. Yeah. So actually, I think uh, he's got a big paycheck coming up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Two episodes will air at the same uh, time period. So I mean, different days of the week, but still. Right. Disney Plus is crap with upload time. We know that. It's so bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was I was going to say that I'm going to finish my other two things, but I want to yeah. mention that too. I think another reason you may have seen the viewership increase is because they recognized the actor and they're like, Oh, Pedro Pascal Pedro, was yeah. great in the Mandalorian. I think I'll make watch this show too. Um, so the second thing that's different in the game versus the show is in the show, Joel is in contact with his brother, Tommy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't hear from him. And that's why he wants to go look for him in the game. Joel has not talked to Tommy in 10 years. I think is what they had said mm-hmm. because, you know, and he even, even mentions to Tess because they know they want to go out west, but he's like, I haven't talked to my brother. So that's a difference. Now, I don't think it'll affect the story, but it is a it's inter- it's nar- an interesting narrative choice. Yeah, it's an interesting choice to say to, to have him not be in communication with his brother. The last one, I think, and I'll touch on it very sl- subtly because I think it'd have a, 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 the biggest impact. So in the game, Ellie is very trusting of Marlene and has known her for some time in the show. Marlene Ellie is almost like in captivity from Marlene and her people and is very almost willing to go with Joel and Tess in the game. She does not want to go with Joel and Tess because she feels connected to Marlene now, the way that this, and Micah knows, but the way this could... I could see that she's hiding it, too. I can see that she... Because in... in I, I feel like there could be that connection with Marlene. Like, she could have just been lying. Oh, she just found me and picked me up. But if, if you've played the game, you know that might not be true if they're going to go along with the game. Right. So... I, I just it, it, If she is really almost in captivity from Marlene, then the... How that could play out later may be very different than from how the game yeah. ends because that would be a very Ellie's backstory could be very, very important with how mm. it changes the outcome of the of the show. Hmm. Yeah. So so this episode it starts with a flashback to kind of before the pandemic really starts and it is a military officer. He walks into a mycologist room and he asked her to investigate a body and we get to see 
her really look at this body and realize, oh, crap, this is not good. And then ultimately the scene ends with her saying, we got a bomb. We got to bomb the place. So this is not part of the game, if I'm correct. No, and this is super cool because there is no word of the rest of the world in, in The Last of Us games. Nothing at all. And to see that this is where it started to confirm uh, something that the show has introduced, which is that the uh, fungus thrives the most in a wheat or gluten filled in, uh, environment. That is so cool. Did you notice in the first episode, uh, people were mentioning, oh, we don't have pancake mix. Oh, now we can't eat pancakes for breakfast or, oh, I didn't get the cake for, for dessert. So we can't do that. Or no, I don't want the cookies because they have raisins in them. Or no, I'm on Atkins because I'm not going to eat the biscuits. Keto, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, Atkins. So it, he, they were avoiding gluten that entire episode. And very strongly hinting that something's wrong with the gluten. <laughs> well, then if you look at it, Ellie is eating a sandwich. Yeah. With bread. She's the only and one she, who's eating bread in the show. not able to be infected. So yeah. it's interesting to see her. They're like eating like jerky and whatever, whatever they have. And she's eating a sandwich. And they have, like I said, going off of your, they can't eat gluten. Like they don't even know how to interpret that. Made that made me think too. Do they have, uh, they, they must make bread somehow because there's no way bread lasts 20 mm-hmm. years. <laughs> so I wonder what it made me wonder what kind of what world are they living in is there are there factories still that are running by fedra where they can produce this food are there food processing centers because uh, i know that they've got gardens and we'll see in last of us part two that they filled out this football stadium and it was just a huge farm where the field was uh like crops and then they had livestock in the stands it was super cool really great idea and it's really awesome to see that world building. I, I hope that we see something like that in this game or in this mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Is this bread thing not part of the game? No, no, no. They don't say anything they about where in. it came from, how it happened. All they say was it was a fungus that got out of control. Well, I was, I was going to say that too. So there's no, the thing that's already cool about the show. It grounds itself. Is so that, quick. well, there's no, like, like Mike said, there's no backstory of why or how the outbreak happened. There's a little bit of like a new, a new story that's similar to the opening of the first episode when they're talking about like, oh, it's possible that this could happen because of, of the fungus. But they don't, that's all they touch on versus this episode starts out with them. I, I even wrote down. So the scariest conversation I've heard in the show so far is when she's talking to the, the military guy. Oh, that's so scary. He, she uh, she asks who bitter and he says we don't know they're still out there and he's like we need a vaccine or a medication and then she pauses and says I've studied these things my entire life there is no medicine there, there is, is no, no vaccine, vaccine. Yeah. there's nothing and it starts to settle in even you can even see it in her and she asks to go see her family because she knows there's no way there's no going back now now this has happened there's no way for them to fix it. Shout out that actress. She did a nice job. That was good. And for like being a foreign actor, you don't understand what they're saying says the dialogue, but you can hear the inflection in her voice. That's, you know, she, she, she starts it. to tear she up. She starts it. to yeah. get like, and you she, it's cause she knows that there's no, there's no going back. Yeah. To me, something I always like to roll back to is comparing this to the walking dead. Cause I think the walking dead for the most part started off really great, but this uh, the whole origin of the Walking Dead virus is never told to us to this day. Eleven seasons of television have played out and now they're diving into spinoffs. We do not know how it starts. So to me, coming from that fandom and going into this, 
this is like so refreshing just the transparency that they have they're like oh yeah th- this is what's going on this is why it's starting well it's a it's it's scary too right because it's what it's the most realistic way yeah. that something like this could happen and like in a lot of these other zombie shows is like oh there was a virus oh there was a, if you were war z like this is the this, a virus outbreak happens they don't really know how or why or what causes it. And it just, it's just like a, it's a fantasy like thing, right? That could happen. happen. Yeah, this one, they lay out this, so clearly. They say like if this, this could fungus happen. adapts to live 95 degrees or more, it, that's it. Well, we're this, done. And that fungus is actually real, right? You see, there's, there are ants and they, they talk about the ants a little bit, but there yeah. is a fungus that like it, it comes into the hose. It doesn't kill it, but it takes over. And then even as that, that animal breaks down physically, Everything else is still working because the fungus is pulling all the strings and controlling it, which is that's what makes it even more, I guess, terrifying to me. And that's why you probably see audiences flocking to it, because it's a show that's scary because there's some bit of reality that's taking place. Yeah. And who knows how long they stay conscious in the body, too, once the fungus takes over like that. Ooh, that, that's scary to think about too. How, how long are they in this purgatory yes. of a of yeah. a shell? <laughs> well, that kind of reminds me. Have you guys ever seen the Maze Runner? I, I, I got to ask this before. It's been but a like, while. yeah. So in the Maze Runner, they, when they get the like bit or the stung by the thing, it's the same way. They phase in and out of being controlled by it and then being themselves mm-hmm. and being controlled by it. So that would be a very scary thing to see. When this kind of fades back to the first episode that you guys have talked about, but. One of the craziest parts in the first episode was when the dog is, she turns around, Sarah does, and the dog is just staring at the old lady. Yeah. The dog knew. Because the dog could sense that something was wrong. And we don't have that sense, right? Like there's, we feel something's wrong, but dogs, animals can sense when things change. And that would be crazy if that happened where people starting to shift and they don't know. Yeah. And, that's scarier than anything, I think. Things yeah. I want to see going forward, though, uh, I want to continue to see these flashbacks at the beginning of the episodes. I think this is a super cool idea to uh, kind of avoid a, a, a spinoff show, a Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. It's kind of just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's kind of just uh, making... It's giving us exactly what we want to see without the commitment to these characters. Yeah. We can just see what we want to know, um, find out the... Those are the big questions that we had about the game. Where did this start? Who was involved? How do they try to prevent it? What drastic measures did they take to try to contain this thing? Yeah. And what were the warning signs leading up to it? So I think we're going to see the first transition. I think we're going to see that fight in the factory. I think we're going to see one of them is definitely going to be the left behind uh, DLC summed up yeah, oh, so even I, a little bit. I think that you're onto something with that, that they want to do more of this because Craze Mazin said that he uh, really took this concept from Vince Gilligan who did Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul where Vince Gilligan before the theme song would kick in he would do uh, extended sequences of things and you're not really sure what they one are the all the parts, time yeah. yeah but it's one of the best parts of Breaking Bad and they became iconic these intros and so he took inspiration from that and he's like oh, I want to keep doing this because he says for the first five to seven minutes of the episode you can play around with ideas. And he says, as long as you morph back into the comfort of characters that you know, then you're in a safe spot. So I love hearing him say that and then seeing it executed so well 
on the screen. And at this point, I want to just highlight the museum sequence as they're going through it. And we, I've compared this to The Walking Dead a good amount of times, but I want to bring it up one more time because 20 years into The Walking Dead apocalypse, say, uh, just for comparison, Rick Grimes, he'd be able to shoot a walker, headshot, one shot, eyes closed, 360 spin move. But no, I, Brandon highlighted earlier but the realism of this and how Joel... He doesn't just, it's not one shot to kill these clickers. Mm. It is a lot, and they are horrifying. And we also, for the first time, me, who's not a game player, got to learn that these creatures are blind. They don't have eyes. Just the clickers. Just the clickers. Just the clickers. So the, okay. the first stage of it, when they're runners, so the, the one that woke up on the ground, that would have been a runner. So they have eyes, they can see, but the clickers have heightened sense okay. of, of uh, sound. Daredevil. Yeah, they're, they're daredevil. <laughs> so that's another cool aspect because you cannot make a sound. Not si- not quiet, but silent, as they said. And that, that adds a whole other thing because when Ellie's whole character is, is being a loudmouth, <laughs> you can just feel the fear that she yes. has. Yeah. And that's where the the video game makes it. The video game aspect of making it into a show is very interesting because the reason in the game that all of the infected are different stages because you have to fight them differently. So like the runners, even though they're they're fast and they're scary, are relatively easy to take down Mm. versus the clickers are the complete opposite. So you all there's I'm sure they'll have this happen in the show, too. But in the game, there's lots of times where you run into multiple different enemies at the same time. So it's making you have to make decisions while you're playing in life or death situations for both Joel and Ellie, when you're trying to decipher, okay, do I do this or do I do this when there's multiple different infected? And I'm, I guarantee we're going to see that in the show too, where Joel has to make decisions that are maybe questionable, but it's mm-hmm. what he have to do to survive. Yeah. yeah. And they have to single out certain, uh, certain infected to, like you want to get the runner away from the clickers as much as possible so you can sneak them out or get the clickers down so you can loudly take out the runners. It's you have to give and take to make sure, you know, you're, you're going to be wasting ammo on these runners if you're going loud or you're uh, wasting a shiv if you're going to be going for a yeah. sneak attack. So that it's a big resource uh, management game. There's yeah. we're going to be seeing that too. I'm sure we're going to see some crafting maybe. I don't That'd know. Cool. That, that's a huge part of the game where you're making additions to your your weapon. You're making silencers for your guns. He gets a bow at one point yeah, in you time. Get a bow. So that would be cool. So to you see have to his... make arrows. There's so many cool things they can add to the show, and I, I they make traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're totally going to see the traps. Oh, Molotovs too. Yeah, like Molotovs are super are effective, mm-hmm. especially when they get like the. You, you saw the in the first episode they have the clicker that's like become part of the environment almost with the door and like the one of the ways they tend to kill those is they throw molotovs in there so i'll be interested to see if yeah. they're like making those as they go along and utilizing like throwable objects too yeah. that are like a video game style attack but like translated into the big screen the biggest thing I'm disappointed of so far, or not like disappointed, but sad to see go, or maybe they're just holding it off, is those spore rooms where you have the the masks because that provides Ellie an advantage. She can go through those without having to worry about getting infected. She can walk through without a mask and uh, get whatever's in there or solve the puzzle or whatever it is. And I believe that's how they display to Joel in the game how she's immune, right? Mm-hmm. But in the in the in the show, they take a more direct approach and they have her get directly bit in front of Joel 
at the end of this episode just to kind of show to the audience like hey this is this is what's going on there's there's yeah, two right. different there's the- two different things so ellie is bit in the i don't know why i'm pulling in my arm but ellie was bit when you know before they met them and it healed over and then when they're going through the museum i'm pretty sure Joel has to put a, a gas mask on and Ellie's walking no problem. Mm-hmm. He's like, how is this possible? Yeah. And she, I think she even tells him like, I told you I was immune. Yeah. And so that's something that's a little bit different um, as well. But this, the spore Still, aspect, I, I would wouldn't want to be breathing that in. Even no, if I were immune. No, 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 well, no, no, in no. the first episode, there's a little bit of a, like a, it, where he, he cracks the door open and you can see like, I thought that's where they were going to whip out the mask. I thought that that's what they were saying was spores when they didn't do anything with it. So I guess I would say the same thing. The only thing I'm really not disappointed in, but expect to see coming up is them utilizing more. They're kind of abandoning that element. Gas mask. And for people who haven't played the game, like you switch off playing between Joel and Ellie. Because, like Micah said, there are times where Joel can't get through somewhere, so Ellie has to do it because she is immune. Mm-hmm. She she can breathe in the spores and not be affected. And it'd be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. Yeah, yeah. the other way around, Ellie can't swim, but Joel can. So there's right. there's puzzles like that. And we that get too. that in this in this episode. Yep. She mm-hmm. says that as they're walking through the the uh, flooded basement, which is a uh, intense sequence. A hotel lobby. Yeah, mm-hmm. the hotel lobby. But I want to. So, do you guys think that the gameplay elements are translating into? Oh, so I would say so. This is so good. I think out of all the shows I've seen where the gameplay transitions, this is about as well as you. This is about as straightforward as you can get, because the gameplay is so cinematic and so lifelike that you don't have to make many changes. Well, and that's why you had mentioned. I think the last podcast too about. How Ellie is, I think Ellie and Joel, even at Tess, are extremely well written in the sh- in the game, and it translates really well to the show. Yeah. And with Ellie being like, she's very headstrong and she's very confident, and she back talks all the time. But that's how she's she sassy. that's how she grew up. She had to learn how to fend for herself. Yeah. So it's cool to see that translate from the sh- from the game right into the show and just the same way you like her character in the game is the same way you like her in the mm-hmm. show because even though she you can relate with her you yeah. can see like oh, i could see that being me if i was born after the outbreak started yeah, she plays and, it so well yeah perfect so in your that's opinion, my the, sister right now. The cast, the <laughs> casting is 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 spot on. What, I how think, do you feel about the casting? So I think Joel with Pedro Pascal is amazing. He mm. he looks like Joel too. Oh like yeah, every, he looks, every, facial he, features, build, everything's the same. So I would before I saw Ellie on screen, I was I saw like some of like the pre the stuff, and, and like, I'm like, all right, well, she doesn't really look like Ellie. Um, yeah, Ellie has freckles. Ellie's a redhead, and there, I was really afraid that they were going to make her more of a calm character, and then instantly Marlene walks in and she's swearing at her and all this stuff. And she, as the moment she kicked the plate, I was like, "Yep, I'm sold. Yeah. This is Ellie." Yeah. And you see the attitude come out, and so I think even though she may not look like Ellie in the game, I don't think it's a. It doesn't, doesn't throw me off. It. Yeah, yeah, she's spot on. Her, her character. The way she talks, the way she behaves is exactly like Ellie in the game. And then even Tess, I mean, there's a little bit of in the in the game. So when they first take Ellie, 
Tess is the one that wants to take Ellie and Joel is very against it. And in the mm-hmm. show, it's the opposite because Joel is like, ah, we need the battery. Let's just do it. And Tess is the one that says, oh, do, do you trust them? And that's a little different. But other than that, I think the way that the all the characters are cast is perfect right now. They're leaning a lot more towards um, Joel is possessive over Ellie because of his daughter. Before it was just like, oh, it's a girl in my life, mm-hmm. or a, a little girl in my life, so I just have to take care of her. And then over time, we'll get used to it. But now it's like they're jumping right into it. He beats up that Fedra agent uh, just to save her, even though he barely knows her. Right. He has no, like, he doesn't know how much she means. Yeah. to the world yeah he doesn't know that but they they still add like layers to him to where even in this episode he's telling tess he's like we got to go back and then tess is like we can't do that they're just gonna kill her she's gonna test positive positive yeah. they're gonna kill her and he's like doesn't care he doesn't care he doesn't care and so i know yeah go ahead well i was gonna say that's the when i mentioned earlier where joel in the game kills that gang that's what really shows you like his even though he is calm and collected he can also be you know, over the top aggressive when he needs to. And you miss that in the show until they bring in the Fedra agent and he beats the crap out of him. And I'm assuming he kills him, right? He punched me that many times yeah. in the face. They're dead. And that was important to show that even though he may not have killed the gang, like he did in the, in the game, it showed it even, it was almost even more realistic because it was someone that he knew, right? Like it wasn't just some random person the that guy he hated. He had a relationship no, yeah, he was with, yeah. he was working with him to to sell drugs, which also was not a part of the to get game. But that was a more, unique yeah, impact. Money to buy yeah. the battery. And it just shows that Joel's resourceful, right? Like he does whatever he needs to do to get stuff done, but also he cares about the people in his life. And I think we're gonna see more as the show goes on, just the the, the relationship between Ellie and Joel continue to to develop. I wonder how long they'll use this excuse of we need to keep Ellie alive so we can get this battery because yeah, yeah. when are they going to go back to get the truck to right. use this car to go somewhere else? <laughs> like at this point they they might as well walk to wherever they're going. Well, especially because the people that were being too. the people that were being hung in the first episode were being hung because they were spending time they were leaving they the yeah. unauthorized yeah, unauthorized exit. exit. Well, those guys know Joel. They're gonna. They've been gone for a while now, and he's yeah. supposed to report to that job that he signed up for the next day, right? So they already know he missed that. So, like you said, how are they gonna? What are they coming back for? You yeah, know come I mean? on, Joel. Think about your job, <laughs> come <on>. right? Come <laughs> on, Joel. Yeah. So it's funny you you say that about how he left. And actually, this episode right here was originally episode three. So episode oh, one, episode one was split into two parts, and episode one was supposed to end with Joel throwing the bodies into the fire. And then they that would have been a weird ending. I'm glad they chose. It would have been a very weird ending. Did. So it would have been very abrupt, very early in the episode. I feel like nothing. Had, I mean, so much had happened, but no story had st- like the story hadn't started. Oh, yeah, yet. That, it that, wouldn't have gotten you hooked in. As that's well. what HBO said to the creators. They're like, this, this is good. We know it's going to be great, but this first episode, it doesn't have that hook. You yeah. need the relationship between, you need to get the uh, main need, plot started. You, you're right. You need Ellie to get in the show too because she's so key, and and people weren't buying her before the show started. No, and you you have like and you need to see like because people people aren't dumb, right? That you see Sarah die, and then you're like, okay, what's going to happen? And then Ellie steps in, and your initial thought is like, okay, well, 
Joel is probably going to befriend her and almost be a father figure. You've never seen the show before, but I'm guessing no. was that your natural track? Was you like this new girl who come in, who come, who came in, who is very similar age to Sarah when she died, yeah. very similar personality. What were your thoughts when she brought him? Like it, it mirrors itself because it's like, yeah, that he's going to just picture his daughter in this girl. And then at the end of the episode, you get that, you know, he, he has the flash of his daughter and it makes him punch the agent to, to death. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see where that goes and track that through the show. We didn't get a reminder of the, of Sarah and the watch this episode. Mm-hmm. We got a reminder in the last episode. Um, uh, Ellie says, Oh, your watch is broken. Mm. And there throughout the flat. game, throughout There's... the game, there are, are views of, of the watch. You get to see it prominently. It's in the center of a couple shots, but it's never like Joel looks at it. I noticed when he was going up the ladder, it was pretty, Front and center right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like a, a shot right on the watch. I think it was different this episode. I don't think it was the watch. I think it was when Ellie went over to the front desk and was ringing the bell. That that could have been. That is, that, is, I'm, that is something that Sarah would have done. Mm-hmm. Just from like looking at their personalities. And that's why I think when he, he was so quick. When he went over there and even though he knew she was infected, he had no problem grabbing her hand to help her up because I think that was his like, oh, Sarah would have done that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was so quick to help her, mm-hmm. and so quick to raise his gun up at whatever was falling. That dead receptionist mm-hmm. <laughs> falling out of the yeah, and he uh, double checked to make sure it was dead, even though it was a skeleton, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, conveniently placed piano to make yeah. the <laughs> the piano ding. Yeah. I was gonna say, would the piano would the piano still work underwater like yeah, that? I, I was confused by that. The the strings may have snapped by that point uh, because it was. So soaked. So uh, I watched a, a YouTube video where a guy flooded a piano and played it. <laughs> what did I hear of it sounded like underwater? <laughs> what did it sound like? Uh, it kind of, kind of. It, it wasn't enough water to really make it flooded, but it's pretty cool. Highly recommend it. Yeah, we have a nice water sound effect in the background as Brandon is pouring some water for us. I thank appreciate you, that. Yeah, thank you. That, I'll leave that, you a tip. That's a real reason we have guests. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta provide some, some. I gotta provide some depth for your hospitality. Yeah, yeah, and some. No, uh, but the the reveal of Tess with the bite, I thought was done great. Yeah, and the 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 reaction from Pedro or Joel when when he sees it, you know, he she like she like walks towards him, he like lunges back slightly, and you just see like his soul is crushed and. I also want to highlight the the kind of Tess, Tess's last big moment in the show where she's yelling at Joel like, why why can't you just believe that there is hope, that there's a cure of some kind? Because they're, they're talking about like, we've heard this all before. You're the cure. You're the vaccine. Whatever. Like, he doesn't care. But then Tess is like, she's sound on this. Mm. That's her. She's like, this this might be different this time. And that that whole section from the time they walk into that building until Joel and Ellie leave is pulled straight from the game. Mm. I, I think Literally almost word picture for word, perfect. picture perfect from the game, shot for shot. Independence Hall look. It, it is called Independence Hall, right? I think so. Yeah, looks exactly like the game. Laid out exactly the same. It's got all the same statues, rooms, everything. It's so crazy how well they got the, these sets. I love when they're when they're going up the stairs, and uh, into the hall. They, um, you just see all these infected, just dead, just glued to the floor, and there's little sprouts growing out, and there's 
there, there's all these different twists and turns going up and down the stairs, up the walls, around the environment mm-hmm. in this game. It's amazing. Or in this show is even better than the game. I haven't played mm. the the remake of. I hear that they do it even better in the remake. They have like it's more so grass, more overgrown. It in real life, almost yeah. on seeing that. it in real life, it's so good. Yeah, I haven't seen. Uh, uh, would you say? It, how how would you say it compares to the Walking Dead environments? Uh, the Walking Dead never really like gets like this crazy. Like just the destruction and the bombing of the city. Like sure in the Walking Dead you see like empty cities, but it's not mossed over like this. It doesn't have the the fungi growing like crazy. This is this is so next level just for for television wise. And I don't know, Brandon, you watched The Walking Dead too. What what's your, what are your thoughts on that? So I. I feel the same way as you. So The Walking Dead, even though it was like some of the sets were cool, it was cool seeing them in the prison and it was cool when they were out, you know, kicking down doors at the beginning of the third or fourth season. But there's really no, like the environment is just like a lot of it's country or a lot of it's the woods and there's really no, there's not a lot to it, I guess. You could see that, you know, in real life and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it's just, it's like, it's a place you'd go see like at a museum. This is completely different. It's something that looks like it would be terrifying just to walk in and see that. And especially knowing now that all he has to do is touch the like little arms of the fungus and they could alert infected from a long ways away. Heightens the stakes it makes, so much more. It makes everything now that much more scary yeah, almost because yeah. now what are they going to do? One wrong now step and yeah. you get alerted the horde. Yeah, because I, I know I asked you last week if like hordes were a thing and, and then when the it came up in this episode, they're like, Tess is like, oh, the, the, it'll, it'll alert the swarms. I'm like, which we that oh, was not wow. in the game. They, didn't, yeah. they they added that in and I think it makes it even more scary. Yeah, like I said, there, there was a, a horde later in the game, but Besides that one, I can't think of another one. There's there's collections of also collections like there's like groups of the infected in the game, Never and like there's 50. there's some cool ones we're gonna see. I would assume coming up that are like I would say if you think it's this game was one of the when I played it like it's it actually is scary. Uh-huh. It's not it's a horror game, and there are some other horror games I played like Days Gone and The Evil Within and stuff like that. Where sure like it's. It's cool, but it's not, you know, terrifying. There are some parts that I would say we're going to see coming up that if they've matched the game, that it's going to be, it's going to get your heart up and is going to be scary mm-hmm. because some of the stuff that Joel and Ellie have to go through and they have to do to get where they're going because they are headed west. They're trying to get to Tommy is that that's kind of where they left off the end of the mm-hmm. first episode. Um, well, that's at least where Joel wanted to go. And where some of the stuff they're going to encounter is going to be scary. And it's going to be really crazy to see how they're going to translate the terror from the game and put that on the big screen yeah. and just have you on the edge of your seat. I'm excited for it. It's going to be good. Yeah. yeah they, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of high risk, uh, fast paced situations that are coming up and I can't wait to, can't wait to see how Joel and Ellie, it, it would be cool if they juke us out and give us a death scene. And then, now, yeah, because <laughs> in the game you die so much, and you see the the gruesome deaths every single time a clicker rips out your jugular. <laughs> do you do you think we could see like a death scene of Joel and it cuts to him like waking up and oh, it's a dream? Totally, that would be we awesome. would totally yeah. see that. Kind of like simulate the gameplay yes. of it. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. 
I can totally see that happening. Well, Ethan, what do you think is coming up? So you hear you you have some clues of what's of what's coming on. We we have uh, some plots being set okay. up. We have some characters being developed. We have Tess gone now. Yeah. What's coming so up next? Something's coming up with the that Firefly organization. I have no idea what they're up to. But well, what do you think is the the they don't they highlighted a little bit later on in the game. I don't want to cut off that yeah. question, but now you're mentioning that. What do you think is the? Who do you think is right? Do you think Fedra is right? Or do you think the Fireflies are right? So I need to know uh, what do both stand for. So that so that's one thing that in the show they have not highlighted very well yet they is haven't. that they have not explained the difference between Fedra and the Fireflies. They have a little bit of Fedra, but they haven't really explained the yeah. motives. Should, of should Firefly. we explain it? They, um, yeah. it I'm is sure it? the show will explain well, it at some point, but the. Fedra is. You don't want to give too much. But Fedra's control and Fedra is basically the government as it stands right now. Yeah, it's whatever scraps of the government have and been pulled like together. And they're like martial law. This is what you're going to do. We're accepting the fact that the infected are the infected, and we don't care about a cure. We're just going to survive from here on out. Versus the fireflies are. They want to like, connect the quarantine yeah. zones. They want to um, kind of uh, just try to recoup the world okay. to make it a better place there uh, we we learned this episode that there's a place coming up or there's a place out west that has they're, they're developing doctors a cure, and the doctors and stuff yeah. and joel's like oh yeah we've heard that a million times it's never going to happen but now we have ellie so what do you think so so fedra is more like oh, we're fine the way things are correct and the fireflies are like, nah, we can make it better. Fedra's yes. like, okay. good soldiers follow orders. Kind good of soldiers follow orders. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what to think. I know that... Um, or what do you think is... Not even to say, what do you, who do you think is right, but what do you think is best for the outcome of the world? Yeah, you, you think, think it's you best have to, to determine just what the best to, outcome... I have to determine yeah, you just, world if you peace. Had to choose. I have to solve world peace right now. You know what? I, just hearing this, I think what the fireflies are trying to do sound, sounds really cool. And freedom fighter. I know that. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, aren't the fireflies the ones trying to get Ellie uh, somewhere else? Yes. So I think that whatever they're trying to do could, can be good because she is clearly immune. So hopefully they're up to good thing. I don't know. I don't know. Are they, <laughs> the way you guys are looking at me, I don't know how to interpret this. So. Well, the game, that's what I love about the game, too, is that you can have different opinions mm -hmm. about fireflies and about fedra and both sides are valid they and hold up different uh they hold up both sides pretty well they make you say like oh okay they are good oh no no, no they're good oh and i even, have no idea now <laughs> and even the way even the way we'll get to it in the show too even the way the game ends like you don't know like it's it's up to your own interpretation of who you think is oh, and what that's you think is what's right. so awesome about last of us part two is that the first half of the game you play as ellie and then the second half of the game you play as the villain and you get to see both halves. Hmm. They go on at the same time. But you get to see like, oh, that dog I killed as Ellie was like the family dog and <laughs> of the villains. Yeah, and they were just perspective changing. Yeah, they were yeah. just hanging out. So who is the villain is a huge theme in The Last of Us. Okay, okay. So it's it, like it's, it's meant like, to be ambiguous yeah, and, yeah. and vague. Okay. That's what I love about The Last of Us Part Two. I don't care about the rest of the story, but that element makes the whole game for me it makes you pick a side but you don't know which side you want to pick yeah 
All I know is the side I'm on is the side of Joel and the side of Ellie and whatever they ultimately decide to do. Yeah, what side are they on? I don't exactly. I don't know. Even in the game, you don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, so yeah, Joel's gonna hopefully find his brother Tommy, and I know. Uh, uh, what uh, yeah, we Ron, saw Nick Ron Swanson? Yeah. yeah, he's in the show. And so he, we know his character. Mike and I know who like the character is that he plays coming oh, up. Great. But it adds another like they're they're gonna. You kind of touched on it in the last episode, but they're gonna run into a lot of stuff on their way out west to you know to Tommy because that's kind of what they were setting up in the first episode. Is like if you know it's if not gonna be this easy. doesn't go down, they're going west because they can't go. They can't go back. No, to the to the whatever the zone yeah. is that they're in. So their next step is to try to get to Tommy. And yeah. I don't know if you know how far Boston is from uh, <laughs> Wyoming or whatever it is they're going to, but it's a long <laughs> it's way. It's close. Yeah. Are they going to Wyoming or Seattle? I know in last was part two they're in Seattle, but I don't know. I where. think it's Wyoming. Is Wyoming. Going to yeah. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert: yeah. they make it uh, eventually. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I did confirm this past week that this first season does cover the whole first game. Okay. So, okay. I want to get your That's thoughts. Cool like, Pacing-wise, is it doing pretty good? Or is it kind of... I can't remember what like series of events. Yeah. I, I'll I, know them when I see them, but I, would guess, I can't get a timeline. I would say it's we're pretty on par. If they would have made the first episode into two different sections that would have dragged it made it, it made it hard because you needed to get to ellie and joel together and then i kind of figured that you would need Tess to die in this episode because that's that's kind of the like this is almost like the precursor of the game like you had to get to this point before the action really starts and now you have your two main characters and mike you touched on this and um, you know the previous podcast which is when now you only have two characters to focus on it's really easy to build a relationship with them. Yeah. And Ethan, you love TV shows. So you're going to see a really good hybrid of a game and a show, and a show yeah. coming together to give you two characters that may be unlikable or dislike, you know, they're not the most likable characters from the outside, but you put them together and you put, you see the the path that yeah. they're on yeah. and it's just, you can't help but fall in love with the story that they no, are going to th- tell. That's the beautiful thing about television is it gives you that outside perspective looking, looking in and you're like, ah, this, these people, they're not great, but I love them. Right. I love them. So that that's the benefit of storytelling. And I want to just ask you guys before we wrap this up, you got anything you want to add? I love how, uh, so they, they do kill Tess early in the game. Uh, the same point. Um, and it shows the audience real quick. I just wanted to add, it shows the audience that no one really is safe. Uh, not like game of Thrones or walking dead or even the main character could die Yeah. or, but they could be badly injured or they can be like, we saw the fireflies at the QZ. Those are big characters and they just either are, are killed or yeah. ears chopped off or whatever. And they, any threat could happen. Anything you think could happen probably does happen eventually. And I think you see, you're going to see more of this decision making that Joel has, but he has no problems just making a decision and moving on. And you'll see, I think we'll see, you know, throughout the the show is like how much his ability to make a choice saves them, even if that choice is not the right choice or even if it's not the popular choice. He can stomach his fear, but he has to drag Ellie through it. So he has to be compassionate to Ellie and help her through these tough situations because she's scared too she's terrified we saw that and we saw how scared both of them were like he was like please 
do not talk. Mm-hmm. They can't mm-hmm. hear or they can't see. Yeah. But they can hear. Yeah. And that communication, they have that understanding that their life will be over if you talk, wow. Ellie. Yeah. Please do not talk. Well, see, and that's one thing. If I had one complaint with the show and how they wrote Ellie's character is that she opens up about her fear to Joel and her Way fear to Marlene extremely early in the game. It takes a long time before Ellie starts to really, she asks Joel questions, but from the, from the beginning, she is extremely just mouthy and mm-hmm. like almost like hard to, to get along with, but you love her character for it. But she shows no weaknesses until they have a lot closer relationship. And then she starts to open up. So it was kind of weird that she kind of, I wrote this down, but she kind of bounces back and forth between not just being super hard and, you know, doesn't care to them being like soft. So I'll give you an example. She's talking to Marlene in the, in the beginning and she feels like Marlene's holding her hostage, right? She's Mm -hmm. chained to the wall. They're bringing her food. She has to do all these counting exercises, hold her hand out and she doesn't like it. But then the moment Marlene's like, oh, I think we're going to let you go. She's like, I am scared. This is mm. a big thing. And it's just like, that's not, that was, that's not the way her character is in yeah. the game. Yeah. So it's kind of see it. It was weird to see her be very similar to her character in the game on some points and then have a little bit different, different than others, yeah. which I don't think it doesn't ruin it for me, but it is unique because it's kind of is, it's weird to see her be both because if you're that personality, you really wouldn't be both. Yeah, they're they're changing the characters not on a surface level, but on the next level, like yeah. the, like the level two deeper. They're mm. changing mm. that aspect right. just a little bit. So Joel is more um, twitch twitchy towards Ellie, like is uh, more uh, active to save her than in the game. Uh, because Joel Joel is nothing wants even after Tess dies. Yeah, Joel wants nothing to do with that. Still Ellie. very Shrek and Donkey at the beginning of the, of the movie, right. annoyed yeah. with her. Yeah. <laughs> right, and she, everything that she does, like if 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 Tess not if 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 Ellie in the game went and rung the bell, he would have scolded her. Mm-hmm. But this this Joel is like oh, I, I my, thought Joel was going to blow up on that. her. At I know. That point. I thought she, that the bell rang and. Ellie, get over here. Yes, kind of which is the way the game was. But I, but see, that's where I think it's almost better because I think you for television, you need their bond to happen a lot faster because then you can connect with them. You start to feel like that connection. You got to buy into it. Yeah, yeah it's it's a lot easier to buy into it now, especially you're just losing a major character from the first two episodes. If they're not bonded. Because you got to think, like in the in the in the TV show, we've been with the characters for what now, two hours. Yeah. yeah. In the so, video game, just that opening scene until you get to Ellie is like an what, hour, four hours in already. Yeah. So you you, you have time to you love Ellie and you love Joel already, and it doesn't matter that they haven't connected a whole lot yet because you spent more time with them. In the show, you don't have that luxury, so you need them to start hitting that. it off sooner. Yeah. yeah. So you buy into the fact that you no, know, Joel does see Ellie as almost his daughter, and he's going to do anything he can to protect her. Yeah. And between big portions of the game, they're talking the whole way to keep you entertained. They're giving you that backstory. They're giving you all of the the little the little details, the little relational building, and you don't get that in the show. Um, so there's a hole that they need to fill, and do you think they're doing that with Joel? Do you think that we're getting enough reactions from Joel? Uh, I don't think that the reaction from Joel facially, verbally was significant or was was enough for me. 
uh, in the hotel lobby. I think that his his reaction, his his movement was okay, but we didn't hear anything from him. We didn't like, you know what I mean? We didn't like see him go out of his way, kind of say, Ellie, I don't know, scold her in some way or playfully add some comment or anything like that. Not, not on a Marvel kind of playful comment, but uh, just anything to make it seem more like a father daughter. Do you think we'll see that later or? I think we will. I think you need to, because he definitely, even though in the game, he, he is more abrasive to her. He talks to her a lot more Mm -hmm. versus in the show. He doesn't really say a whole lot to her. And if, if you, if you saw like Tess does a lot of the talking with her, Ellie and Joel now, you'll see see more. more. So Mm -hmm. I think they, because that'll be the only dialogue. Yeah. So I think you, I think you, you will, but Tess was kind of filling that role for the show for a little bit. And, I think it's because you, in order for her, in order for you to feel bad that she died, you needed Ellie to connect with her a little bit. So it hit a little harder versus if she, you know, she only talked to Joel and she, you know, she died. It wouldn't nearly, it wouldn't affect, it wouldn't have the same effect. I don't think. Do you think this next episode will just be Joel and Ellie? Will this be the first episode of TV that you've seen where it's like two people only? Wouldn't know. that be cool? Okay. I I think that would game, be very good. A long time just walking just Joel through. Nelly. Walking, going to different puzzles, rooms. Yeah, and that's something I think that the this episode did extremely well. The pacing. When I sat down, I clicked play, and then I was like, oh, wait, how, how much time's left? I, I clicked pause. It was 10 minutes left. I sat through the whole episode, and I was like, wow. That's crazy. Crazy how fast This first episode goes. felt like yeah. that, too. Yeah. That 2003 scene... It just keeps you. It doesn't, you don't lose focus at all. And uh, I watched it twice. I watched the first episode twice. I watched it uh, by myself or I watched it with Rebecca and then I watched it with Parker. And both times I noticed new things. Mm. I noticed new details. Uh, I was paying more attention for gluten <laughs> the second time. <laughs> You're just really hungry. Uh, I'm really hungry. I'm going to watch this episode again tomorrow. So I can't <laughs> wait to see uh, what kind of little things I missed. This question is more for Micah yeah. because you played the game. In the game, there are several times where you get time jumps mm. because this travel, them traveling from Boston out west, so a long time, right? Because they're like, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a it's a long time. So do you think that the time jumps will be easily translated into the show, or is it going to take some? Are we going to see less of that time gap? I don't know about quick time events like that, but do you, uh, know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are definitely some encounters where there are high stakes i'll say that and we will definitely see that one <laughs> if you know what i'm talking about yes yeah <laughs> but i meant more like in like there are like there are times in the game where like something big will happen and then there's like a uh uh you know it'll, it was summer now it's fall and they said oh, like, oh time jumps time like, okay i thought you so, meant like timed jumps where you no, jump no, no, no. No, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, there will be quick time. You were answering me, and I was like, okay, misinterpreted. I did. Like the the actual, there there are parts in the game where they'll encounter something, and then they, you know, it's now it what the last cutscene was summer, and now the next cutscene's fall, yeah, and now they're like a a state or two farther. Like, do you think? How do you think that's going to translate from the game into the show? Well. If we skip, I feel like the pacing would go too fast. Because at this point, we're, what, four hours into the game? Three, four hours into the game, and we're on episode two. 
the game is 14 and a half hours. So we're getting a little further ahead of ourselves than the runtime of the game. So do you think that'll allow them to add stuff in that the game? Oh yeah, they're have? totally gonna add stuff. Uh I th- I think they'll definitely time time skip, time jump, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um I don't know when they could go exactly at the end of the the first act of the game. So or the like second act, whatever that that act is mm-hmm. where it changes to to winter. Um yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, spoilers. Joel and Ellery are together for a long time. Yeah, a real oh, long time. It, it takes a long time to walk. It takes a long time to walk across, across the entire country. country. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I I think that they'll give us an excuse, like in the game, to wait that long. Um, either they're waiting for someone, or maybe someone will get hurt, or they need need to get gas, or they their car breaks down, or something. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do in the show to make it different, uh, but. They can totally make the time jump and or the uh, time skip or whatever, and then yeah. uh, show us a little bit of Joel and Ellie have to stay in one place for a long time. That yeah. could be a, a cool dynamic. So sp- speaking of time, we're we're running a bit long. <laughs> oh, are so we? yes, I want to just ask you two one last time. Anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Just quickly. Show's great. Show's great. If you haven't started it yet, watch it. Yeah, if you listen um, to this whole thing and you're not watching the show, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Especially Dedication. if you played the game, uh, watch the show. Um, if you're going to, if you have plans on playing the game, buy it now before it goes up in price. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to hike up the price. They, they hiked up uh, the Witcher game after the mm-hmm. Witcher season two came out. Uh, Cyberpunk went up in price after the Cyberpunk show went up. So, so buy the game now. Yeah, right now it's like 10 bucks. So mm-hmm. I'd buy now. What I would say is that this show is really good regardless of if you played the game or if you didn't. For sure. Because, I, hey, yeah, I'm right here. I can t- attest to that. I was going to say, like, you don't have to be a gamer. It's clearly that we've all enjoyed it, but we all have very different experiences of the game where, uh, Ethan, you've never played it. Micah, you played both games. I played the first game like four times. So it's. It's for everyone, and I think and I haven't. Tori hasn't. My wife Tori hasn't watched it yet, but I'm gonna watch it with her because I I know that she will enjoy it, even though she has no clue about well, the game. Now, now she's got a podcast she has to listen to, and that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, and this yeah. podcast is running longer than the episode, so we gotta. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Which this that, was a short episode, a real thing. quick. Do you think that we'll have 50 minute episodes, hour 20? I think this will consistently. They'll be probably right where this is, but. Who's to say they yeah. can throw an hour, 30 minutes. We could get a, a book of Boba Fett situation Ooh. where it just gets shorter and <laughs> shorter as we go along. <laughs> Let's I, I would guess that they'll probably have some 50 minute episodes. They'll probably have one in the middle. That's longer because there's some stuff that needs to take place. And then they'll probably have another really long episode towards the end. I, what do you think, Brandon? Is there going to be a, a left behind episode or will it be two flashbacks or what? Will it be an opening sequence? Like yeah. we've seen. I don't think they'll spend a whole episode on it because I think they could. I think they could, but they only with the amount of sh- with the maybe that s- could be the time jump. With they the, they end an episode right before the time jump, left behind, and then I I could see that just because there's a lot of things they have to do. That if is going to track with the game. That was like a five hour DLC. Yes, and there's a lot packed into it. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think I think they would they would need to t- as well. You don't need it to connect with Ellie, but I think it really helps show why her character. is is the way that she is. It changes the way you see the the game if you play it a second time. I remember I, I played it the second time, or I watched my aunt played it, and it it changes how you yeah. how you feel about Ellie. You're you're more connected to her earlier on because yeah. you know what she's gone through. And yeah, I mean, 
a lost is my favorite show and the, they are signature for their flashback so i'm i'm a very on board with those but yeah so this has been our the last of us episode two infected podcast we hope you enjoyed it and uh, brandon thank you for coming on we hope to have you back if if it's something you enjoyed for sure yeah. I, I would love to come back it was a great time if you're not infected by next week well, <laughs> we'll we will see yeah. yeah yeah avoid uh gluten this week but yeah <laughs> i'm ethan wensloff i'm micah het i'm brandon stoneberg thank you for listening and we'll see you in another multiverse don't get bit don't get bit <laughs>